welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring, and that's my fine wife, Beth. On today's program, we're going to talk about seven keys to changing your life for the better. Now, are you still trying to live in the past? Are you asking God to make yesterday better than it was? Philippians 3.13, 3.13, Classic Amplified Bible. I do not consider myself, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward toward what lies ahead. We want to look at five keys in that passage of Scripture, Philippians 3.13. First, I haven't completely arrived yet, but I'm on my way. Mm. It's not where you're at, it's where you're headed that counts. A change of scenery frequently ignites a new passion, a more intense desire to turn things around. That's true. Second, this one thing I do, above all, focus on where you're going. Where are you heading? We may have been, well, we may have had many great ideas about where we want to go and what we want to do, but there is one thing that we must do above all else. No other plan will prosper unless we do this one thing. Third, forgetting what lies behind. The importance of leaving the past in the rearview mirror is clearly evident in this phrase. The Apostle Paul is leaving the past in the past as he moves to do a new thing in God. Forgetting what lies behind is not just a good idea. It's obviously a scriptural directive. Fourth, working towards your future. We are not to relive the past or try to improve how good it was. No, our future is in front of us. So our focus should be only on how to make tomorrow better than today. Now, we're going to find three more keys. Philippians 3.14, 3.14, Classic Amplified, which says, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize, to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Fifth, we're goal-oriented toward our future. Our change, our focus, should be on our future. We must be goal-oriented. 1 Timothy 4.15, 1 Timothy 4.15, New International Version, says, Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Make sure your goals line up with the Word of God and God's Word for you. Proverbs 11.27, 11.27, God's Word Translation. If your goals are good, you'll be respected. But if you're looking for trouble, that's what you're going to get. Wow. Sixth, going to be rewarded for my efforts. Change, obedience to God's direction, brings rewards now and not just in the sweet by and by. Mark 10.30, Mark 10.30 Classic Amplified tells us, Who will not receive a hundredfold as much now in this time? Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions 
and in the age to come, eternal life. Seventh, God is the one calling us to be and do more and should be the only one. We may not, we may uh, be content kind of where we're at and with what we're doing, but God is always urging us on. Yes. 2 Corinthians 3.18, 2 Corinthians 3.18, classic amplified says, and all of us as with unveiled face become, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in every ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. Well, let's go a little further. We cannot change where we've been, but we can change where we're going. That's it. And what we're going to do when we get there. Jesus died on the cross, not so we could relive the past, but so we could get a fresh start on our future. And that's a very key point. Yes, it is. If we spend our time asking God to make yesterday better, we will never experience what he wants to do for us tomorrow and the day after that. We need to kiss the past goodbye, embrace the present, and reach out to Christ for the new thing he wants to do in our future. Isaiah 43, 19, 49, 19, Classic Amplified. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know if and will you not give heed to it? What is the new thing God wants to do in our lives? Do you know? Have you asked him? The New Living Translation of Isaiah 43:19, 19, in part says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? That's a great scripture for you to personalize too. God is ready to do a new thing in your life. Question is, are you ready? Here are seven things to recognize change. For the better. Mm. <clears throat> First, eliminate things, habits, or other things that need to be removed from your life that you know need to be removed. In Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28, uh, Classic Amplified says, We are sure to know that God, being a partner in their labor, I mean, he's laboring with us, all things, even bad things and failures, too, will work together for good and are fitting into a plan for good, to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. We need to, well, whatever we're going through today, God is going to use us to prepare us for, to use it to prepare us for tomorrow. But we need to have an honest assessment of ourselves. What's holding us back from achieving what the word of God says we can achieve? That's a great question. It's important to identify any and everything that may be a hindrance to changing our lives for the better. We should ask ourselves what habits we need to change and what new habits do we need to establish to do what God's called us to do. Everything we're doing in our life right now, you're in a habit of doing. And by the same token, what you're not doing right now, you're in the habit of not doing. And the only way to change a habit of not doing something is to start doing it. Amen. Second, turn the mess in your life into a message for change. Matthew 6.33, 6.33, classic amplified. But seek, amen, and strive after. 
first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together be given you besides. When we put God first, no matter what mess we're dealing with, whether it's self-inflicted or thrust upon us, God will help us turn the mess into the message that we just mentioned. God has the ability to turn every setback into a major comeback where we will be, where He will be glorified by what we do. Third, recognize trouble can be your ticket to change. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not want to be thrown in that fiery furnace, because, but they would not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. However, the Lord used this presumed death sentence for those three Hebrew men to bring promotion into their lives and glory to God's name. Joseph was thrown into prison, even though it was nothing, had nothing to do with anything he'd done, but it became his ticket to promotion. In Genesis 50, verse 20, Genesis 50, <clears throat> verse 20, Classic Amplified, it says, As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are this day. Hallelujah. Fourth, change may force you out of your comfort zone. That's right. Hallelujah. Your comfort zone resists change. But make, make no mistake, it's an enemy of your future, a hindrance to your success, a stumbling block to your destiny. If you stay in your comfort zone, you will never leave nor surpass your current reality. Previously, we identified what's been holding us back, keeping us hostage to our comfort zone. Now that we've identified the problem, let the change begin. Fifth, stop waiting on God to change you. You need to start the process. And the point of it is, is if you don't, he probably will. Most people change only when they're forced to, by hurt, by loss, by failure, by strategic disadvantage. However, in the process of change, we will also find our victory. Some people say they're waiting on God to change things, but the truth of the matter is, is God's probably waiting on us to initiate the change that he's directing into our lives. True. Sometimes change is not pleasant, but necessary. Yes. We need to deal with harmful issues so God doesn't have to turn up the heat to get our attention. <laughs> there you That's go. That's good. Six, decide <laughs> you're not going to stay where you are. Have you ever heard, have you ever said or heard someone say, things will never change. I'll always be broke. I'll always be in debt. I'll always be living from paycheck to paycheck. I'll always be where I'm at right now. Such statements are scripturally inaccurate and void of a spiritual basis. Never allow the enemy to plant such lies in your mind. No one else in your family may be born again. Yet, there was a defining moment when you realized that God could change. Yes, transform you from being a sinner to a saint. Your decision wasn't a family decision. It was a personal, life-changing decision you made. Once you decide that you're not going to stay where you are, things will begin to change. But it's a personal decision that you make. That's right. Seventh, get out of the boat and begin to walk on the water. Yes. 
You know, Jesus called on Peter to step out of the boat and walk on water. Peter asked for it. Jesus gave him the authority, but nothing happened until Peter took a step of faith and got out of that boat. Matthew 14, 28, 14, 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. This occurred in the fourth watch of a roughly, well, or roughly about 3 a.m. in the morning. And it was um, nearing sunrise. They'd been struggling with a storm all night, and yet it only made it halfway across. Sometimes we will be required to take a step of faith in the midst of our adversity. But if we want change manifesting in our lives, there are going to be times we're going to be asked and want a need to walk on the water and be willing to do so. Get out of the boat. And go. And go. Walk on the water. There was a song years ago. Yeah. Donnie and Reba Rambo. Uh, McGuire, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come and walk walk on the the water water with with me. me. That's a fabulous song. It's not long, but it is fabulous. You can go to YouTube and look up Walk on the Water with Me by the McGuire's. McGuire's. It'll it'll fire you up like this teaching's fired us up, baby. Amen. Hopefully it's fired you up, too. Fabulous Friday because of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, go to heraldherring.com. Click the button that says sow a seed. If you've been blessed by the teaching, ask God what seed he'd have you sow. Do what he says. That's all we ever ask. And until tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.